Macarena. Hi. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Kaiju Weekly, the weekly podcast that introduces you to the wide world of giant monster movies. It is the first episode of 2021 and the first episode of our second season. I am your host, Travis, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Michael, the number one Clifford fan, Hamilton. (laughs) Ah, uh, okay. All right. <laughs> All right. We're going there. We're going there. Okay. Clifford uh, is a kaiju. Okay. So anyway, so um, I'm okay. No, 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 no. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Cue the beady beady. <laughs> no, not cue the beady beady either. No, we're not cueing the beady either until I say something. I am not the biggest fan of Clifford. But I will say we do have a lot of fun with that running joke on this podcast. I don't know what you're talking about. I do. Oh, wait, hang on. No, no, this, this is a running, this is a running joke for this podcast where I just, I, I legitimately don't think that Clifford is a kaiju. That's, that's me, but I actually do like milking the joke. Um, You know, it just seems like some people out there can't, realize it's a joke but i digress um but yeah uh, i I think michael's been hitting the eggnog a little too hard over the break that we we had (laughs) no no well maybe i did i did hit the eggnog pretty hard on christmas eve and christmas day i'm not gonna lie about that but uh um i make a really fantastic homemade eggnog just throwing that out there Um, nice so, yeah, before we get way off the rails here, uh, let me ask you, how how was your um, New Year break? How was your break, Travis? It was pretty good. Um, I've been sick for the last week and a half. Um, so. Oh, that's... no, I hope it's nothing serious. I hope it's not the COVID. Uh, well, I don't know. That's the thing. I've got I've got a lot of the symptoms. Um, I've been coughing, sneezing, running a fever. Uh, a lot of the a lot of the problems that uh, that are listed as symptoms of COVID. So it's like eh, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to go get tested. <laughs> but can but can you taste and smell? Yes, I can. Okay, well that's always a good sign. It may just be uh, it may just be a flu bug or some sinus out al- some sinus and allergies. Yeah, now I do have allergies really bad, and they usually do start acting about this time of year. So it is completely um, within the realm of possibility. So yeah, it is. It yeah. is. Yeah, I agree. But uh, but yeah, with with the way the world is, it's better to say stay safe than sorry. So I'm going to I'm quarantining myself. I'm not um, leaving the house. I'm not getting around other people other than the ones that are in my house already. So mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I, I've I've been looking forward to. I've been I was telling um I was telling our friend Nathan of the Monster Island Film Vault, uh the other day that I've been getting the itch to podcast and, um, 
this two week break has, has it felt lo- a lot longer than I expected it to feel. So yeah, I've been getting the itch to get behind the microphone again. Uh, so I'm glad that we're here and hopefully we will provide a little bit of a distraction from all of the <clears throat> chaos out there in the real world. So uh, yeah. Yeah. So if, if we don't have anything else to uh, uh, small talk about, do you want to get into the news? Yeah, let's get into the news. Cue the beady beady. Cue the beady beady. So the first bit of news that we're going to mention is our magazine, Kaiju Ramen, issue number 001, has come out officially. Um, so we have sent out the digital copies to all of our Kickstarter backers. If you are a backer um, you know, who supported us on Kickstarter and you have not received an email uh, with your digital copy, please email us kaiju ramen magazine at gmail.com or you can email kaiju weekly at gmail.com either one uh and let us know because there were a few people that i think didn't um didn't uh answer the the messages i sent out asking for everybody's information on where to send their digital copies but um but most people should have gotten theirs uh at the time of recording which is sunday so uh and we're already getting feedback (laughs) we we sure are uh michael farah at uh kaijubattle.net already received his copy fantastic website fantastic gentleman uh thank you mike uh for uh providing us with all kinds of news for the first issue you're 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 we provide we rely on your site a lot and uh yeah it was it's just great to know that you enjoyed what you've seen so far of the magazine and i'm sure we've gotten more feedback so far as well oh yeah yeah the the guys over at kaiju curry house have uh have told us how much they enjoyed it um we've had a lot of a lot of nice response from people um so yeah that's exciting now as far as when it's going to be uh, we we want we're going to put it up for sale on our website, but we wanted to give a little bit of time so that we, make, we can make sure that all of our Kickstarter backers get it first and get a chance right. to look at it first. They get first dibs on it since they exactly. were so kind enough to support us. Uh, but we're going to have it for sale. So if you are a listener and you did not get the chance to back us on Kickstarter for one reason or another, that is perfectly fine. The magazine will be available uh, for purchase on uh, our website, kaijuramanmagazine.com. So you can check that out. Um, now, if you are a listener and you did back us on Kickstarter uh, and you're expecting to get a printed copy of the magazine, because that was one of the rewards, uh, the printed copies are going to be ordered soon everything's kind of just been delayed because of the state of the world everything's moving a lot slower so the rewards the printed rewards will come in and we will get those done as soon as possible but the digital one is already out there for anybody yes. to see yes absolutely uh i know i know we anticipated some delays with shipping because i think there was some there was some craziness uh there was some shipping craziness and some shipping chaos over the christmas holiday um because of just the the 
the sheer massive amount of packages going packages and mail going out during the months of November and December. Uh, so we did kind of expect a little bit of delay in shipping on some of these, uh, on ordering and shipping some of these, uh, printed items. So just be patient with us. You will get your printed copy. You will enjoy it. I promise. Uh, and all the other printed physical rewards that, uh, you guys signed up for. So just be patient. I know it's a crazy time right now and just everything is sort of, uh, slowed down like Travis said. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, so that, that we just wanted to share that bit of news cause that's exciting news that's happening and we're still working on our second issue already. It's not going to be due until it's not going to come out until, uh, April, but we're already putting the work into it and getting it going. So, uh, we're looking forward to the next issue of Kaiju ramen. Absolutely. Uh, now getting into the actual news from this week, the the in the world of giant monster movies, uh, and we, boy was there a lot. Yeah, there was. <laughs> so we're going to save. I think what I would consider the probably the biggest bit of news for the last, um, which is listed last on our show notes. Um, but we're going to start with uh, Total Film has published their digital 2021 preview issue. Uh, this is a, a film magazine. They do a lot of um, previews for movies that are coming out. And they featured in this magazine a little bit about Godzilla versus Kong. Now, there was a spoiler that was listed in there. So if you are uh, interested in reading this, make sure that if you can find one where the spoiler is blocked, because they had a few people were sharing it uh, where the spoiler was kind of like redacted, but it is out there. So just be careful if you don't want any spoilers for the film. Um, but as far as the article is concerned, it didn't really tell us anything new outside of that spoiler um it said that you know they're going to focus more on characters they're going to focus more on the uh human side of things and so you know it and, and just basically it's gearing up for the excitement of the movie making us excited yeah. for it yeah i uh i i got a i got the i i got the information that there was a spoiler involved in that article so i did skip reading it um, because okay. I, I want to avoid spoilers as much as possible, but yeah, if you're one, if you're a person who doesn't really care, uh, if you just want the dang movie to come out already and you just don't care at this point, then yeah, go for it. I've, I've heard a lot of people just say that it's a good write up. Um, and like you said, Travis, they are going to be focusing more on the human characters. Uh, and I'm not saying that they won't focus a lot on the Kaiju, but it is going to focus a lot on the human characters and the human story, which, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully it'll be a good one. So I, I think, I think there's a good crew working on this film. I'm excited for it. Um, I know that there was a little bit of news. I don't know if we want to talk about it right now, but there was a little bit of news uh, concerning the streaming versus theater rights to the film too. So yeah, I have that on here um, as well. That was actually the next bit of news that I had listed. Um, so uh, WB is according to the Hollywood reporter is nearing a deal with legendary um, with respect to the release of Godzilla versus Kong. Um, so According to The Hollywood Reporter, the $200 million plus budgeted movie is one of two legendary films caught up in Warner's surprise move to its, you know, the streaming, the HBO Max thing. And they are supposed to be working on a way of getting uh, legendary and all of the uh, movie 
producers and directors and actors and everything completely uh, funded and, and, and uh, compensated for the work that they did on the movie uh, with this move to streaming. Because right. what one of the things that came up when this happened was so many people in the industry, especially directors and stuff, a lot of times they will have uh, residuals that come from these things. And if, yeah. if um, it's going to streaming, you're skipping out on the residuals and, and you're not getting those residuals. And since legendary put up 70% of the funds to, you know, to make this movie, they felt like, okay, music in my ears. Sorry about that. Uh, I was looking for some. I was looking for something concerning that article, and an ad and an ad just auto played. So that's aggravating. Apparently, it was an ad for Macarena. Okay. It was an ad. It was an ad for shampoo. So it looked like a good ad. I just don't want to hear the ad. Anyway, Macarena dancing like the Macarena, <laughs> like the dancing baby from back at the early days of the internet. Okay, um, but yeah, so so because Legendary put up seventy percent, they're they're like, hey, you can't do this without working out a deal with us, and so that's that's kind of what's going on right now. Um, right. A lot of people have been disappointed because there's not a Godzilla versus Kong trailer that has come out yet, still, because uh, everybody was kind of expecting, including. Um, the uh, guest that we had a few weeks back, Kyle from uh, Tokyo Lives, were they were all thinking that it was coming out in December, in Christmas. Yeah, I've, right. We all we all expected it to come out the same weekend as uh, Wonder Woman eighty four. I, um, I fully expected to go and watch Wonder Woman and see the GVK trailer right before Wonder Woman, but alas, yeah. that did not happen now i have been and i haven't really voiced it because i'm just kind of like i'm just letting it play out the way i want but i have been on the side of i do not think they are going to give us a trailer until this matter of you know the the deal that warner brothers is working out with legendary so that they can put it on hbo max and everyone is happy uh i don't think they're going to do a godzilla versus kong trailer until that's all settled Right, so, which would which would make sense because you're gonna want because you're gonna want the stinger to be um, available uh, or re uh, available in theaters May the twenty first and on HBO Max. So that's what we're waiting on at this point. Right. Yeah. And and uh, and I think a big part of that is maybe the marketing and everything might have been fallen to legendary. Maybe legendary was doing a lot of the marketing for the movie um, and, and organizing the trailer. And they're like, um, we're not going to uh, put together a trailer or marketing until we know for sure we're going to make some money from this <laughs> because uh, with this this scenario. So, right. Yeah. We're not going to they're not wanting to fall into the scenario that. Um, at the new the new Bond film fell into No Time to Die, where they've essentially yeah. marketed that movie twice. Yeah, James Bond, please kill me now. Um, oh, come on, Travis. You know you're <laughs> going to watch the movie. I probably will not, because I have not seen any of the Daniel Craig James Bond movies. <laughs> really? I'm, I'm a little bit of ashamed of you. 
I I am not a James Bond fan. I, I really am not. Uh, it's one of those things I'm just like, I've never been able to get into. I, I feel like it's one of those things you have to kind of, kind of like Godzilla, I guess. You kind of have to grow up with it and to understand it and really get the the joy out of it. And I just, I don't. I don't get any enjoyment out of it. No, that's movies. true. I, I can see that because I grew up with, um, I grew up with James Bond, um, uh, uh, the name of that Western star, John Wayne. Jeez, there we go. Uh, John, John Wayne and all the, and, and some of those classic characters. Uh, so I grew up with that kind of stuff. So that's probably why I love the bond franchise as much as I do. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, it makes sense. So that, that's where I'm at on the trailer. That's what I think. So the quicker the Warner brothers and legendary come to an agreement, I think the quicker we'll get the trailer, but I think that's what's, I think that's, what's holding it up at this point. Um, yeah, but, uh, yeah. So anyway, that's our Godzilla versus Kong news. Um, for this week uh stay tuned next week for more godzilla vs kong news because there's do, news every week <laughs> do we want to talk about the most devastating news of all Dev most devastating news the most devastating news of all and you should know given you know given the journey that i'm on Travis. Oh, oh, the, yes, the I did not even trip, include that. The trip that I'm on, Travis. The power trip that I'm on. Hint, yes, hint, nudge, yes. nudge. Okay. Do we want to talk about that tragedy or do we want to save that for next time? No, we can talk about it. Um, so yeah, Power Rangers. Uh, it has been said that Power Rangers will be taken off of Netflix, um, or at least their their uh, contract with Netflix runs out at the end of January. So all of the series will be leaving Netflix at the end of January, unless a new deal uh, or a new contract is signed. Um, yeah. There, so that's, there are that. a few things that are staying from what I understand. There are a few things that are staying. Like I think Ninja storm beast morphers and the original mighty Morphin power Rangers series. I'm, I'm assuming Seasons one through three of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers are staying, but everything from Zeo all the way up to whatever the heck came before uh, Ninja Steel is going to be leaving Netflix either in January or February. Um, so yeah, that's that's pretty disappointing because um, I made it all the way up to Dino Thunder in my journey so far. Yeah. Now I still, I'm, I know, I just know that this franchise is going to be moving to a different streaming service. It's not going oh, to be yeah. impossible to watch uh, Power Rangers. We will be oh. able to watch Power Rangers. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, th I, I was talking with uh, another fan the other day. I, I, it'll either go to uh, Toei's uh, own streaming service or, or Shout Factory, I should say, uh, Shout Factory streaming service. Uh, actually, a likely candidate if if Netflix doesn't renew the deal, I can see it going to Hulu. Yeah, Hulu's an option. Um, I can see HBO Max, uh, working out a deal with with uh with Hasbro, and and playing them on on HBO Max. Um, I'm trying to remember. So Paramount is the ones who are really buddy buddy with with uh, Hasbro. And mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken, Paramount has either stock or stake in uh, in Hulu. So it might make sense for it to go to Hulu. Yeah, but does the whole 
excuse me, would the whole fran do you think the whole franchise would go to Hulu or do you think they would break it up from like the early Saban era and then they would go somewhere and then say the Disney era stuff would go somewhere and then the Neo Saban era would go somewhere. Do you think they'll break it up like that or just everything goes to one place? I don't see why they would break it up because when when uh when Hasbro purchased uh Power Rangers, they purchased all of it. So it's all Hasbro now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there, there's no rights issues. The only reason they would break it up like that is if they just didn't want to put it yeah, all and I don't one. see a, I don't see a massive franchise like that, not having a home somewhere. Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, so yeah, I'm sure power Rangers will still be around for people to watch. It's just, it is a little sad that it's leaving Netflix, uh, and, and it might go back to Netflix because Netflix might, they might work out a deal and renew a contract and, and it might get put back on Netflix. Who knows? Um, oh, we'll who just knows? have to yeah. see. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, I, I'm with you. It's, it's too big of a franchise to not have on some kind of streaming service. Right. Um, so yeah, moving on, we've got some Ultraman news we're going to cover. The first bit of Ultraman news is the next Ultraman series, um, which is Ultraman Chronicles Z Heroes Odyssey, which is, uh, the, uh, series that kind of follows up after Ultraman Z or Ultraman Mm -hmm. Z. Uh, it is airing on the official YouTube channel, the official Subaraya YouTube channel with English subtitles. And the first episode just aired this last Friday. So uh, we were wondering if it was going to, if they were going to continue the trend of simulcasting it uh, on YouTube, like they were doing with Ultraman Z. And it looks like Mm -hmm. they are continuing on with it because of the success of Ultraman Z. They're going to continue doing that. Yeah, I, um, I did not keep up with, I did not keep up with this latest series as closely as I did Z. I think I'm going to wait until they just release the feature length movie. No, no, this isn't, this isn't what, this isn't that thing. This isn't, um, this isn't, uh, um, what is that called? Uh, ultimate conspiracy. Conspiracy. Okay. Never mind. Yeah. This is the series that actually follows up. This is where Tiga and Zet, um, they're showing, uh, bits of Tiga and Zet together. Uh, mm-hmm. This is this is the like follow up, the actual follow up to Ultraman Zet. Oh, never mind. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so I yeah I totally um, totally botched that one. Sorry about that, guys. Yeah, that's all right. Um, but yeah, so the first episode. So the uh, they've only aired one episode so far as of the time of recording, and that was this last Friday. I haven't watched it yet. Um, but these, uh, these Ultraman Chronicle ones, they tend to be clip shows, I think with very little, if not zero, um, original stuff. Uh, I might be mistaken on that. I haven't, like I said, I haven't watched this one, but I know that previous Chronicle ones have just been clip shows, uh, hosted by a, an Ultraman, um, which is usually, uh, I think Ultraman, zero was the one who was hosting uh before so so uh yeah i'll have to check it out and see but it is the this is the follow-up this is what's going to fill in the space between now and the next ultraman series that comes out uh which will come out later on this year right okay Uh, which we can go ahead and talk about that too which uh the next ultraman supposedly has been uh the title of it or at least the name (laughs) has been leaked um (laughs) <laughs> and it is called Ultraman Trigger. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the internet had fun with this one. If I'm not mistaken, wasn't Trigger the name of a horse? 
Yes. In cla- in classic media. Was that yes. the Lone Ranger? Was that the Lone Ranger? No, that was Silver. Yeah, no. Silver. Um Trigger um, was Roy Rogers. That's it. Yes, that's yeah. it. That's it. Uh yeah. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. So, um yeah, it looks like uh looks like Subarai got a little trigger happy with that naming system, I guess. Um yeah. There's yeah. going to be yeah, there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of um triggered fans. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Trigger warning. Uh, <laughs> uh yeah, no. No, the, the Twitter had a field day with this title. Uh for me, I mean, it doesn't feel any different than like Tiga, Taiga, you know, Ultraman Zet, Ultraman Z, whatever you want to call it. You know, like all, all these all of these things they, they it, Cosmos you know, Gaia, all of these Ultramans, uh, they feel about the same. So Trigger fits into it. It does. Yeah, it, it does. It just sounds weird. But honestly, when we got word that it was going to be called Ultraman Z, we thought that was kind of weird too. But, you know, we got used to it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, the my my dream, my dream would be for Ultraman Trigger to cross over with Common Rider Saber. And just, <laughs> just have the sword and gun. <laughs> uh, uh, that would be a very heavy metal series. Yes, very, very, very. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So there's nothing else to say about that. But I just thought that was that was that was a bit of news to throw in there. And our last bit of news. So Waxworks Records has unveiled a new Godzilla the Showa era soundtracks oh. collection. All of these are uh LPs, they are they are vinyl records, gorgeous gorgeous vinyl records. Um that are there's 18 of them. They're in a box set and they feature soundtracks from all 15 of the Showa era films and numerous other special features and accessories. It, th- this collection is gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. Oh, tell me the about artwork it. that's going to be on the on the um the album art is is gorgeous and it comes with a gorgeous price uh tag. price tag. <laughs> okay, so this when I first saw this come across Twitter, I think I was talking with the guys from Giant Monster BS, uh Gratton, yeah, I think runs that account. And him and I were kind of going back and forth in speculation on the price. I said that this was gonna land somewhere around 350. Uh Trav or Travis, uh Gratton said possibly uh, possibly higher in the 450 range. Well, the grand price that we're getting for this set, I'm not saying that it's not worth it. I'm just saying that it's expensive. Is five fifty? Am I correct? Uh, five- I, think, I think it was five hundred. Five hundred. Okay. Um, yeah. So I would really love to have this set. I love vinyl records. In fact, I just bought a brand new vinyl record player for uh, for my house. They were four fifty. Four fifty. Okay. So we were Gratton was closer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that, I mean, that is, that is a hefty price tag, but, but if you are a vinyl enthusiast and you love Godzilla, I mean, I don't see any reason why you shouldn't grab this set because I mean, of course the music is amazing, especially through the Showa era. I mean, uh, just th- the soundtrack that stands out the most to me, of course, is the soundtrack from Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla from 74. That one is probably my favorite uh, soundtrack of them all. Now I'm curious 
if Waxworks will release all of these separately or just keep it in the box set eventually? I, I'm not sure. I, I think they'll I think they're gonna sell them separately because I think you can buy them separately. I think you can already pre-order them separately, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I might be I might be wrong. I need to get on the Waxworks website and double check that. But I, I think they were selling them separately too. Um okay. yeah, so, so these 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 are amazing. Um looking at and I just I wanted to go through just the the artwork that's on the album yeah, covers. Sure, let's go for it. What is the one that stands out the most to you? Uh, well, hang on. I can pull it up here and I will tell you which one stands out the most to me aside from the box artwork itself. Cause um, I can tell you, I can tell you two of them that stand out to me the most. Um, so the first one that stands out to me is the, uh, terror of Mechagodzilla one. It is just this like purplish pink color um, background with Godzilla and Mechagodzilla kind of standing right behind Godzilla, just uh, like overshadowing him almost. Uh, it's gorgeous. The color is amazing. And <clears throat> it would just it, like that is just a wonderful, wonderful piece of art. I mean the destroy all monsters artwork and the and the the Ghidorah the three headed monster artwork is all phenomenal. So is the artwork for I think honestly I think Gigan the Godzilla versus Gigan is my favorite artwork because of just those those really uh, uh, rich blues and turquoise contrasted mm -hmm. with the reds and the oranges from Ghidorah. Oh my god, it's it's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous set. Um, yeah, the I'm other one, side. the other one that stood out to me is um king kong versus godzilla because oh, yeah. king kong in the background just bathed in red and with his hand over top of godzilla with lightning shooting down from it it, it is just right. oh man that is so cool i want yeah. that i want that to be recreated for the uh godzilla versus kong poster <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I mean, all this artwork is beautiful. I'm actually on the site now seeing if we can, uh, if these are going to be pre-ordered separately or if you have to get the box set. If you have to get, if you if you can pre-order them separately, I actually may try to get a few of these, uh, but it looks like they are not on pre-order separately. You have to get them in this box set. Ah, okay. Okay. Well, that's disappointing. Yeah. They they may they may still put them out um, separately afterwards. They may. I mean, it's possible uh, just to kind of milk just to kind of milk it a little bit more to try to get those extra dollars for the people that only maybe care about one particular film. Um, I know for sure. I if if that does happen, I'm definitely going after the the night the God uh, Mechagodzilla seventy four uh, record and possibly even the uh, Ghidorah the three headed monster record because mm -hmm. uh, both of those soundtracks sound really really good and maybe even fifty four just for kicks just because it's the original. So so yeah, but it is a, the both soundtracks are amazing. Uh, even the I would even like to have I think even uh, Godzilla or Mothra versus Godzilla from 64, because I think that sound and I mean, shoot, even King Kong versus Godzilla. That soundtrack is amazing. Dag on it. I, mm -hmm. I'm, 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 I'm almost talking myself into buying this set now. Jeez. Yeah, I know. I know. It's, it's, it's just, it's great. It's great. I mean, it's just, it's, it's awesome, but 
man, that just is so expensive. It's so expensive. <laughs> it is. It is. And I think, honestly, I think what I'm, I probably will end up skipping it. Um, to, to be honest with you, I may skip it and put some money into this Kickstarter that uh, popped up recently for the Power Rangers comics. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. That's so I'm, I'm, I may actually do the, the $100 or the $150 uh, Kickstarter campaign for the, I think, it, what is it? The first issue, the first uh, full uh, run of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Is my, am I correct? Uh, I can't remember what the rewards are. I think you get the first volume, so it would be like the first five or six books, and they're yeah. in a, it's in the uh, bound. But yeah, yeah, the, the the whole Kickstarter is for the for the um, whole run, the most recent uh, ID um, IDW uh, Boom Studios yeah. um, run of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers in yeah. deluxe um, hardcover edition. Just they look fantastic. <laughs> oh, they yeah, they absolutely do. So I'm thinking about because I thought about getting the records. Like I was talking it over with Nathan and and Gratton, and I'm like, ah, I just don't know. Like I can't really. I'm not a, a hardcore music guy, so I really can't justify it. Mm -hmm. um, but I have been getting much more into the comic books lately, especially the Power Rangers run of comic books from Boom Studios. So I may actually throw money at that and, and just skip the records. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's going to do. Uh, that's going to be it for the news for this week. Um, so let's get into our main topic. Now, we did not ask a trivia question because we took our two week break. Um, so that uh, we don't have a trivia question or any trivia answers uh, to read out or shout out on here. But our main topic this week is Love and Monsters, a movie from 2020. Uh, yep. It is directed by Michael Matthews, starring Dylan O'Brien, Jessica Henwick, Dan Ewing, Michael Rooker, and Ariana Greenblatt. And the plot breakdown is seven years after the monster apocalypse, Joel Dawson, along with the rest of humanity, has been living underground ever since giant creatures took control of the land. After reconnecting over the radio with his high school girlfriend, Amy, he decides against all logic to venture out to find her, despite all the dangerous monsters that stand in his way. So let's get into our opening thoughts on Love and Monsters, this movie that came out I really, really, really wish this had had a wide release. Now, of course, because of the pandemic, it didn't get a wide release. It didn't get a theatrical release. It it went. It did the theater at home thing. Um, yeah, yeah. So, and I'll say it. I'll say at least something good came out of twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I really, if if the pandemic had not happened, I wish this movie had come out in theaters and that word of mouth would have gotten around and that this movie would have done extremely well because this movie's really good and really entertaining. It is. I agree. Um, because I was, I actually full disclosure. We, I watched this last night for the first time. It's been sitting in my queue forever. Um, and I just now got around to watching it. So I watched it last night and I was really entertained. Like I, and I, and I recently, I will say this. I recently went and watched uh, monster hunter in theaters and this movie was, was heads and shoulders more entertaining 
than Monster Hunter. This movie has heart. Um, it has entertainment value. It has uh, good little bits of comedy. Some of it's kind of meh. Some of it's kind of cheesy forced comedy, but it's still entertaining. Uh, the, the characters are solid. Um, I especially like the dog. I think the dog oh, was yeah. my favorite character. I, oh, think yeah. I think I think Boy was my favorite character. Mm-hmm. Um, I just really enjoyed this movie. So anyway, let's let's see if we can uh, dive a little deeper in, and pick it apart a little bit, Travis. Yeah, yeah. So um, I when this came out um, on the uh, theater at home thing, and you had to pay like twenty something dollars, thirty dollars to rent it, and you only got it for forty eight hours, and then all, the, all that kind of stuff. I skipped over it because I was like, I don't really want to. I, I'm I'm at a place right now financially where I'm like, I don't want to spend money unless it's something I know I'm going to enjoy, and I wasn't one hundred percent sure about this movie whether I would enjoy it. Um, the trailers made it look very zombie land esque um and it kind of is and it, it kind of is but it and it does have that zombie land kind of humor but at the same time i also like you said it has a lot more heart and a lot more sincerity to it than i was expecting and that's really what just took me by surprise the sincerity that's in this movie um getting into our likes and dislikes uh it's definitely a CGI heavy movie. Not Very most much. of most of the monsters are CGI, and and we're not and we're not going to poop, we're not going to poo poo on CGI. CGI is great, no. but there were some practical effects in here, especially early there, on in the movie. There were uh, the um, what 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 was it supposed to be? An ant? Maybe yeah, I think, I a, think. a mutated ant. Maybe a mutated ant or a termite. Uh, also, the uh, if I'm not mistaken, the millipede about halfway through the film, uh, there were some practicals used for it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there were some practicals in this movie. But yes, 90% of the monster action was CGI for this one. So what did you think of the effects of the monsters, both practical I, and CGI? Okay, so I noticed something last night, and it may have been the fact that I was watching it because if you like if you start watching it on like a really high resolution screen you do see some flaws like the higher resolution you watch a film like this in you do see some of the flaws and one of the things that that, that I noticed was the sand gobbler am i right is it the yes. sand, the queen sand gobbler okay yes the one that was chasing joel through the forest there through the trailer park there for a second mm-hmm. um the moment where they're trying to hide from it and uh, he's got his hand over um, over boy, which is the dog's name, uh, over boy's mouth, uh, trying to get him to shut up. And uh, like the tentacle, the tendrils that are coming around the log to look for Joel, they do look like the, it does look like the CGI could have been a little bit more polished or even I feel like in that moment they should have used the practical effect because that one. That, I think that was the biggest mo- I think that was the biggest moment where the CGI looked like CGI for right. Me. Yeah, I I think there were there were a few points where it felt you could feel. Uh, I, I I don't know. I, it's hard to describe, but you can really see the the uh, 
the seams, I guess is the best way to describe it of the CGI and, and how it's, and it wasn't like 100% well, uh, like, I think I think it has to do with budget. I think it, I think it has to. Do, this is not a this is not a Transformers movie. This is not a high budget movie. So I think maybe that has something to do with it. But you can definitely do see we, the seams. Do we know the budget for this? Um, curiosity. I we're oh, not. I have. I think I have it here. Uh, no, this is box office. Never mind. Uh, I'm trying to see where the budget you can cut this out if you want to um yeah i'm not seeing budget anything. was 30 million dollars well see that's you know i feel like this movie is really well done for 30 million yeah i mean uh, 30 million is a lot of money but for a big for a for a movie with like an entire post-apocalyptic world and giant monsters 30 million dollars is not a lot like I, the uh, Deadpool was done for more than thirty million dollars, and mm -hmm. and it didn't have as much CGI as what this movie had. So yeah, so this this they did a great job on the budget that they had, but you can't. But because of that, you can see the seams in right. CGI. Now right. that being said. We also watch movies where where you can see the strings holding up some of the monsters uh, for this. Podcast. Yeah, you know that kind of stuff. It, given the fact that, given the jo the genre that we that you and I both love, I don't think that we're going to fault this too much for seeing a few of the CGI seams. Right. Like I'm not. I'm not as. I'm not a CGI snob, like a lot of like a few people I know are, but I'm not a big CGI snob. Honestly, I think that if I can sit and watch Godzilla versus Megaguirus and Megaguirus looks absolutely awful in some scenes where the fact where the spotlights that are shining on her body literally reflect off of the wires holding her up <laughs> and I can ignore that um, and still enjoy the film. I think I can, I think I can forgive a little bit of hiccups in CGI for this one. Oh yeah, and, and and my thing with with CGI with with practical effects with any of the effects is, if the movie is entertaining enough for me, then mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how bad the effects are because I'm absorbed in the movie. And I think that goes back to um, the last movie that we reviewed before our break, which was Dinosaurus. Uh, you know, the the effects <laughs> yeah. are not great in that movie, but I was just kind of swept <laughs> up in how fun the movie was. That it right. didn't matter. It didn't. It really doesn't matter. So I kind of feel the same way about this movie. That the 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 entertainment value of this kind of just drew me into it. That. Uh, even when there were some not so great effects, I was okay with it. Um, mm -hmm. The the characters, though, I really enjoy, especially the main character. He is annoying at times, but obviously he was meant to be annoying, so it's like okay because like that's the character that he is. I mean, he's a or like what is it? Like he's probably he in the in this movie. I don't know how old he is actually in re, in the real world, but in this movie, he's what supposed to be what twenty two. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. So yeah. he was in high school when it all happened. So we'll say give her at, on the high end. He was 18. So 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 20. He was approximately 25 years old, give or take. Uh, so, I think he was, I think he was only 16 when it happened. So okay, I think they well, said that. So, yeah. So, so anyway, you know, he, he's in his early twenties. He's, mm -hmm. um, but he does have this kind of like, uh, neurotic, uh, level to him. 
Like, um, yeah. you know, it's it's what Shia LaBeouf was trying to be in the Transformers movie, which is so weird that I keep coming back and comparing this to Transformers. I don't know why. It just is the thing that keeps well, coming back to my mind. What? Well, you and I talked about that last night uh, briefly because after I told you I was watch after I told you I finished it because I said to you and we can get into this a little bit later if you want. Uh, it felt like I was watching two separate movies toward the end. Yeah, yeah. Now I I don't want to spoil this movie. Now I, I I'm not a big I'm not big on you know like I don't I, I don't really believe in spoiler culture all that much. But I don't want to spoil this movie too much because I really want to encourage anybody who listens to this podcast to go watch this movie, rent it, buy it, watch it because it is worth watching. If you're a monster well, fan. Well, we're going to have to discuss something. So do we want to save all of that kind of stuff towards the end and just say, Hey, skip ahead or. Well, or I, what I would like to do is kind of be more general with it. Cause okay, I, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to reveal details. Um, okay, because like fine. I said, but but the, this movie is one that there is one kind of twist in it that I think can be spoiled. But overall, I don't think most of this movie can be spoiled uh, because the the movie is very straightforward. It's a guy who's going after his high school girlfriend in a post apocalyptic world. He starts on this and he feels like he's on a noble journey uh, of for true love. And then he just slowly discovers his own inner strength. And I like yeah. that journey that the character yeah. takes, which is why I like his character, even though he is a neurotic and a little annoying at times, it's the journey that he takes and the growth that he has in the well, story is it's sort of a, a coming of age hero's journey story. Yeah. That makes yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's a coming of age story, hero's journey uh type thing. And and uh yeah, I think it I think it's I think the uh Dylan O'Brien does a great job. I think his acting is really good. I think everybody's acting is really good in this. Um I mean Yeah, for what little bit we got to see uh Michael Rooker's character Clyde. Yes, Clyde mm -hmm. and Min and uh the little girl Minnow. Mm -hmm. Um I really enjoyed their on screen. What, what little bit we got to spend with them. I think that they helped to move the story along. They, uh, and it really kind of contributes to the whole hero's journey. Part of the, what I was saying just a minute ago is because, you know, when we, when our, when our journey first starts with Joel, our protagonist, uh, he quickly finds out that he might not be as prepared for this world as he anticipated. Uh, and so he runs into his companion, uh, mm -hmm. Uh, boy, which is a dog, which is a really intelligent dog. Um, <laughs> that dog is so smart. That dog is really smart. And I was sitting here thinking last night, I was like, I really want a dog like that. Like, I really want a dog like that. Like, I've, I, I've, it's been so many, it's been decades since I've actually had a dog. We have cats. So, um, yeah, I really would love a dog like that. That's that smart. And it's really, I know that I digress. I could probably go on about the dog all day, but uh, the dog was definitely a highlight of this movie. And speaking of the dog, I think one of the moments, if I'm allowed to say, uh, that really had my anxiety up was the encounter with the millipede. Oh yeah, um, which was really well done. Mm -hmm. The reveal, the 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 introduction of the millipede, and the that tension that built right there was really well done. And I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. And I was really concerned 
for for uh, boy for the dog. Uh, yeah, I was ex- I was really really concerned. I was thinking to myself, please don't please don't eat the dog. Please don't eat the dog. Please don't eat the dog. And you know, it's it's really rare. You know, given the fact that we watch so many movies and we review and talk about so many movie, movies, it's it's rare. It feels like these days that I'm really on the edge of my seat with something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I definitely was, and honestly. I was more on the edge of my seat with with that sequence of events than I was even like when we watched Annihilation. Like I was more into that than I probably was Annihilation in that moment. Right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um I yeah, that scene uh the scene with the sand gobbler um that you already mentioned earlier, those those scenes really had a, a lot of tension, a lot of um emotion behind them not just not just tension but like i think that's one of the things that that some movies uh tend to forget or or like creators Mm -hmm. tend to forget is they try to build tension without giving you a reason to be tense because like you're the reason you're tense is because you have followed these characters. You've built up a relationship with these characters. You've seen the growth of the characters and their relationship with each other and then you put them in a situation where there's a risk of one or all of them being killed. That's the right. tension. That's where the tension comes from. The tension isn't just the monster. It's the entire buildup of the relationship that the characters right. have with each other. And so this movie did that very well. Yeah. And the one thing that I, I know we're gushing over this movie and I'm sure there are some moments that we can talk about that I, or there are some aspects to it that I don't really care for. Right. Um, but, um, I liked how, and without going into into spoilers, I liked how realistically, how realistic the, uh, how realistically the, oh, I'm trying to think of how to word it without actually spoiling it because I know we're trying not to. Um, how realistically Joel's journey was resolved. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was. It was the the resolution to the the story the main plot point uh is really is done really well it's done yeah it's done very uh in a very mature way a very realistic way i think that it was a really well done moment in the movie um now I will talk. We can get into some dislikes, and we'll do our positivity sandwich where we'll finish off with some some uh, positives after after we talk about some of our dislikes. One thing that I was not crazy about, and it's a consistent thing for if anybody's listened to this podcast, you know how I feel about these things: the voiceover, the voiceover uh, in this movie. Okay. I I it worked better than in some movie than other movies I've seen, but. I still am just not a fan of voiceover in movies. Stop telling us what's going on and just show us. <laughs> right. But it, I think it's still, but that's a, that's sort of a thing with these zombie land like movies though. Like that's, it's sort of a, it's sort of a thing. It's sort of a thing with those. Plus I was more forgiving of the voiceover in this film than I was, than I would be in some others. Um, simply because it's meant to be a little bit more humorous. It's meant to be a little bit more lighthearted. So I think that in some ways the voiceover helps with that. Yeah. And, and, and 
somebody, I think I was reading a review after I watched the movie um, and kind of formulated my own opinions. I, I did go in and look at some reviews and somebody uh, said that the voiceover kind of reinforced how lonely Joel is mm-hmm. because he's just oh, kind yeah, of talking absolutely. to himself. Oh, absolutely. I, and, I can get on board with that. Yeah. And so I, I definitely see that. So I'm not completely against it. Like it, 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 it works, I think, in some aspects. In some aspects, it doesn't work, uh, especially when he's not alone and he's still there's still the voiceover. It's like, but, you know, so it's like, uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm just not a big fan of voiceover in movies. So that was one negative, but it wasn't like a it didn't ruin the movie, obviously, for me. Um, I do really wish that Michael Rooker and Minnow were in the movie more. Now that may be a spoiler and I'm sorry if that is a spoiler for anybody who's, who wants to see this movie is expecting uh, Michael Rooker and, and the girl because they are in the trailers to be a major part of this movie. They really aren't. No, they're not. And I was really, when they finally, when, especially when Michael Rooker finally showed up, I thought we were, I thought him, him and Minnow were, going to be a part of the plot throughout the rest of the film. Right. And I was really surprised when they finally parted ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They, they served their purpose and they did really great and they were really great characters. Oh, they definitely helped with like the, the, the hero's journey part, the hero's journey behind like Joel's hero journey where, you know, where they trained him, they got him ready to, you know, they helped in a, they helped him in a sense face his demons in mm-hmm. a way. Um, yeah. So they did play a part and they did serve a purpose, and I think they served their purpose well. It's just I wish they would have stuck around a little bit longer than they did. I think in total, maybe we got twenty minutes with them, maybe. If, yeah, if that. if that much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that's a sign of of great characters is when you when they leave you wanting more. <laughs> I think that's a great a sign of great characters. Um, and, and but then again, that's not to say that Joel wasn't a great character because I still was very satisfied with with what we got with just Joel. Um, yeah. Is there any negatives that you want to talk about for this movie? The red dress. Oh yeah. Yeah, the red freaking dress. They put so much emphasis on this red dress, and unless I missed something, which is possible, there was no payoff. Oh, you missed dress. it then. You missed it because that w- that what red a- dress served as the linchpin for the scene with the sand gobbler queen. <sighs> Oh, what? Yeah, I know. I saw that, but like, yeah, the only thing about, but, but yeah, that, yeah, I it mean, was yeah, a, I, I it was a that. big deal. But, that was a big moment in the, well, no, in the movie. Was, no, it was, but still, yeah, the, the dog went after the red dress, even after that. I mean, I get that, that part, I get that the dress served a purpose in that way, but I, but it never was said why the dog was so obsessed with this red dress. Oh, it belonged to his owner. It belonged to his previous owner. That that's what it went. That was never, but that was never said. That was just implied. Though. Well, it was that implied, was never... but, but in the, in the, the van or in the bus at the beginning of the movie, when, when Joel shows up and, mm-hmm. and yeah, where boy is living, he, you see a drawing of, of the girl or young woman who was taking care of boy in that dress. 
Like mm-hmm. she drew herself in that dress with the dog. So like you do see that it belonged to his previous owner. Mm. So there, you know, that's why the dog was so attached to it. And then well, maybe, that attachment maybe just, plays a, a significant role later on. Maybe I looked away in that instance to grab something like to take a drink or something, but uh, I may have missed that part because I do not remember the uh, I don't remember the, the 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 drawing on the side of the bus. Well, but, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely it belonged to its his previous owner, and uh, and so that's why the dog was so attached to it, uh, and then that attachment to it is what plays a very big part in one of the very very stressful scenes of the movie, <laughs> um, where oh, where, very much, yeah, um, the uh. One thing that that gets me about this movie that I think is a negative is I didn't feel like I want to return to this world and explore more of it. I feel like I am satisfied with what they gave us. And I don't know if that's just because this movie was so good and well self-contained. But the world didn't feel expansive enough to where it's like, oh, man, you could tell this story and you could go explore this side of things and this side of things. I don't need a sequel for this movie. It would be nice to have a sequel, but I don't necessarily need a sequel for this movie. I enjoyed this movie. I enjoyed this film for what it was. And I think the ending of the actual ending of the movie had enough payoff for me to where I like, I'm like you, I'm, I'm satisfied with how it ended. Yeah. Yeah. Now talking about that, we're not going to get into details about the, the final action scene, but there is a final action scene that Mm -hmm. like you said early on, it feels like a completely different movie and it feels more generic. And I, and I, I think that part right there felt more tacked on almost like it was a studio mandate. Like they had to put this in this movie. You can, you have to put this in here. Um, you can you okay so you can there were some elements to that final scene that tied in throughout the rest of the movie um like um the the running joke about the the food stealer um Mm -hmm. that was throughout the movie uh also what minnow said was uh the what minnow said about about these creatures is you can tell if they're good or bad by their eyes right um so that plays a big role in the in the ending sequence of this movie that I won't mention that I don't want to spoil. So yeah, yeah, a lot um, of the things he learned along the way helped him in that final action scene, and I think you know, there was a few other things that were that were thrown in there too. Um, yeah, that, that and I think it's less. I think we were talking last night. It's less Transformers and Michael Bay and more. It, uh, now that I'm kind of thinking about it, it it it, it was more like Pirates of the Caribbean, in a way. Yeah, I can see that. I can see it being more. Well, I mean, I guess because it takes place on a beach that maybe feels more Pirates of the Caribbean. Well, that's true. But like just the way things played out felt more Pirates of the Caribbean. Now, some of the slow motion action shots. Yeah, that's more Michael Bay. All we were missing. The slow motion action shots, the fact that there was like, oh, the human human action here, monster action here, human action here, monster action here, and you know, and like they're happening simultaneously, just kind of like felt very Transformers uh, esque to yeah, me. Yeah, the only th- the only thing missing was a lens flare. Yeah, yeah, and an upskirt shot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh, Michael Bay. Um, but yeah, so that that's the that's some of the negatives that we have. We don't really have a lot of negatives about this movie. Um, it's definitely not oh, a no. perfect movie, but man, is it so much fun. Um, so I, I want to uh-huh. I want to touch a little bit on since we're probably going to be going into our po- more of our positives. I really want to spend just a moment and talk about that scene with the robot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which uh, which might be it's not really a spoiler, but I guess it is giving away kind of a plot point. So if if you're not uh, if you don't want to know anything about this movie, uh, you shouldn't have been listening to this <laughs> review at all. Um, but you can skip ahead uh, just a little bit. But yeah, that scene with the robot when it shows his mother shows Joel's mom. Just just thinking about it makes me a little bit misty-eyed because oh. it was so well done. Yes. So well done because this robot, and it, I think these robots were made like to be, they were apparently, they were definitely made like pre-apocalypse. Right. Um, and from what I gather, they were made to be like household assistants possibly mm-hmm. or smart assistants, like the next level of you know, te- man and technology, kind of a partnership or whatever. And this robot, they're really high tech Roombas, very high tech Roombas, <laughs> Roombas with a personality. Just think about Roombas with a personality. Yeah. Um, and this robot has so much personality and so much heart. And that scene where uh, he asks Joel, or she asked Mavis is the robot's name, right. asks Joel uh, where he's from and it pulls up his parents and, you know, spoiler one, two, three, Joel's parents are dead. Um, and it pulls up his mother specifically. I, I could not like, I'm wondering why they really focused on his mother, but I'm assuming why is because his mother is the person he was speaking to before they passed away. Right. His mother, his mother was the one that was telling him to stay safe. That was the person he was communicating with, not his father. And I think, I don't think he had a bad relationship with his father, but I think it really focused in on his mother because mm-hmm. um, his mother was the last per like his mother was the last member of his family that, that Joel got to speak to before they passed away. Um, and that scene, it really got to me, you yeah. know, that, that, that one really got to me because that one had a lot of heart. Um, and I normally don't like tear up too much at movies these days because, you know, I just like, we've seen every trope in the book. It's just like, you know, uh, emotional uh, action sequence, emotional heartfelt moment, you know, you know, it's coming. So, but for some, like, and I know I'm not going to say for some reason, because, you know, as someone who's lost both parents, that scene really really bothered me like it didn't bother me in a bad way but it just it really got to me and i i enjoyed that sequence because it was a it added a lot of the heart element to this movie that i think you and i are are really gush like one of the one of the reasons why we're gushing about it 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, I listened to a podcast, um, and I'm not going to name the podcast, but one of the hosts of that podcast, when they were reviewing this movie, really didn't, uh, she didn't like this movie at all. And she had a lot of issues with the female characters in this movie. Now, I, I, I'm not discrediting what she is saying, because uh, obviously this is the way she felt, but for me... The female characters in this movie, while yes, the central focus of the movie is is uh, a male character, I don't think the female characters are portrayed in a terrible way. I don't think they're portrayed in a in a uh, damsel in distress male kind of like from the male perspective kind of way because mm -hmm. all of the female characters play a role in this movie right. and they are the heart. They are the the anchor. They are for this movie, whether it be his actual romantic feelings for Jessica Henwick's character, Amy, or his relationship with his mother or his relationship with the, with not, you know, the men and women of the, the uh, bunker that he was in yeah. the, the relationship he develops with Minnow, all of these relationships that he has with these female characters kind of anchor the movie in a very emotional way and i think that that is a it, i think it's great i think they're really well done right and i think that it's the women it's the women who i really will say that dry are the driving force behind this movie because like you said you know it's amy who is the reason he's he's just kind of decided to be brave and go out into this world right. because he, he love he's, he's searching after the love that he feels like he's lost. And the movie literally opens up with like him surrounded by all these people, you know, in couples and, you know, he's feeling that loneliness, that, that, that lack of uh, companionship. And I think it's, it's a it's done in a really tasteful way i think um let, let's talk a little bit about uh amy though because like you were saying like he yeah. joel's on this journey to find to to find amy to make sure she's okay to make sure she's safe to kind of display his you know his love for her and be with her again in there in other films and other films that have that kind of plot line the female mm -hmm. character is treated kind of like the MacGuffin like the object that he's seeking after in mm -hmm. this movie, even though he is like, she is the goal. She's not treated once he gets there and gets to see her spoiler alert. He does get to see Amy again. Um, she's not treated like the MacGuffin. She's actually treated like a human being. And I think that's one of the things that I was kind of, I think that might have been one of the things that rubbed the podcast, the the, the podcast host that I was listening to, the wrong way. Mm -hmm. That she felt like, oh well, Amy's just an object for him to go after. But for me, I did not feel that way. And I no, I I disagree with that because like she, when you get to finally meet Amy again, um, she has her own job, she has her own role, she has her own, uh, she in her own right is a, a leader within her colony, mm -hmm. and. Um, I don't, I did not see her as an object of desire or, or anything of that nature at all. I, I thought I actually saw her as an equal on par with Joel. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think they did. I think they did a great job. And like I said, with all of the female characters, but I think that might've been one of the reasons why, uh, that podcast, I was just trying to get kind of an understanding of where 
that person that the and I I disagree with them. I I respect the fact that they had that opinion, but I do disagree with it. Um, at least from me, this that's not what I got from this movie. Um, so that's kind of what I wanted to get. You know, kind of wanted to go into a little bit with Amy. I freaking love Jessica Henwick. <laughs> This, this, this woman, this girl, this, this actress, this actor uh-huh. has exploded onto the scene. I, I think the first thing I ever saw her in, I don't know if she did anything before it, but the first thing I saw her in was in uh, Iron Fist, the Marvel Netflix show Iron Fist as a comic book character, um, uh, uh, Colleen Wing. And since seeing her in that i have seen her in so many movies since then and it is like she is popping up left and right and i love it every time uh the only downside is she's using an american accent not her her regular british accent that she has in this movie which is why i like her more in uh underwater when we watched underwater because it's like, mm-hmm. oh, you actually get to hear her real accent for once. Because she usually yeah. is doing an American accent in a lot of things that you see her in. But she's actually British. Um, yeah, and 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 for uh, Game of Thrones fans out there, she is in Game of Thrones. She did. Oh uh, yeah. I think, she had a, I think she had a major role in Game of Thrones, and she and bringing it back to what the the genre we care about, she is going to be in Godzilla vs Kong as well. Oh, is she? I didn't know that she was going to be in Godzilla vs Kong. Yeah, it's got her lit her on her profile here on IMDb, it's got her listed for Godzilla versus Kong. It doesn't give me her character name, but it does have her listed. Oh, wow. Okay. I did not know that she was going to be, Oh yeah. Godzilla versus Kong. Okay. Wow. So yeah, I didn't even know that. I am so like, I just love this stinking woman. She is so great. She's a wonderful actress. She's beautiful. Uh, I mean, there's really not a lot there. I mean, there's really a lot to love about her, about her career so far. I mean, she's been in a lot of stuff. I mean, she's going to be in matrix four from what I can see here. Uh, she's been in a few films and a few television shows. I'm not super familiar with. I have watched Luke cage before, uh, the, the, the Marvel, the Marvel show that's on Netflix or was on Netflix. It's not on there anymore. I don't believe. Uh, and then she's been in a few things that I'm not super familiar with, but you know, for the purposes of this podcast, she has been, she, we saw her in underwater. We saw her in this. And uh, we're going to see her in Godzilla versus Kong. Yeah. 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 And she was in star Wars, the force awakens. I didn't realize she was in force awakens. Huh? Oh, Okay, I missed that. Okay, yeah, you're right. I missed that one. Yeah, that's that's really cool. So, yeah, I just like she just came out of nowhere onto the scene for me and I I not I wasn't a big Game of Thrones. I'm not I'm not a fan of Game of Thrones, so I didn't know she was in Game of Thrones, but just the things I have seen her in is she is so amazing and I want to see her just like I want directors and and producers to put her in everything cuz she is so good. Mm-hmm. Um just that uh, I can't I can't say enough about her. Uh, the only yeah, thing I, is, I, 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 I and it's just because I love British accents, I guess, more that I'm like, <laughs> use your real accent. <laughs> Don't use your, you know, it, I watched um, I watched on our break while we were on break. I watched Enola Holmes on uh, on uh, uh, Netflix, which is okay. the Millie Bobby Brown um, 
uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes sister movie. And oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the first thing I said was like, "Oh wow, look, it's all the actors that we see doing American accents using their real ones finally." <laughs> because he had Millie Bobby Brown, Henry Cavill, I forget the other actor's name who played Mycroft, but and and even Helena Bottom Carter. It's like all these ones that you hear doing American accents normally they're doing their real British accent. So yeah, I just have a thing for British accents. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 you know, I, I like Michael Rooker as well. If we're talking about actors and actresses here, I, I really enjoy uh, Michael Rooker. I think he's, uh, he's, he's, he's big in his, he's in his element here because he's for anyone who has lived under the rock, under a rock for the last, like uh, not Dwayne Johnson, by the way, <laughs> uh, for the last, for the last uh, 10 years, uh, he had a major role in the in the Walking Dead series as um, uh, er, uh, Merle. 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 Yeah. Yes. Oh boy. Okay. <laughs> uh, as Merle, and he's in his element here. Um, he's just a, he's just a joy and a lot of fun to to when you see him in a movie. He he does have he has a gruff he has sort of a gruff sense of humor, but the sense of humor is there. Oh yeah, so, and it does make it really entertaining. Oh yeah, and he does bring in some of the heart. Like there's a there's a heart to heart mm -hmm. talk that he has with Joel in the movie that that uh, I think really is great. So yeah, there's 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 so much to love about this movie. The only thing I can say, I will we'll share our final thoughts and our Godzuki scores in just a minute. But the main thing I want to get across to listeners is please go watch this movie because it is worth watching. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, my, I'm going to probably parrot what you're saying. I mean, this was such a good movie to start 2021 with because, um, and not that dinosaurus was bad. Uh, I'm not saying that because I think you and I both really enjoyed that movie for what it was, but it really wasn't the, the ending of, with a bang that I really wanted for this show for 2020. And then, you know, coming into this movie, it was a, it was, it was good to do like a, a more modern film instead of something a little bit older, like we, like we've been doing. And, um, I, I just think this, this movie was such a joy and I am, I am so happy that it's a part of the genre. Honestly, I have, uh, the digital copy. I'm probably going to go, um, I'm probably actually going to go buy the physical copy because I really, I think this is a movie that I can put in every now and then and still enjoy it for how fun it is and how much heart it has. Um, I rank this, um, oddly enough, uh, I rank this up, uh, Dan in real life. Have you ever seen that movie? Mm -hmm. Yeah. The Steve Carell movie. Mm -hmm. I, I really enjoy that movie. It, that movie has a lot of heart and I, rank that movie really high up with this one uh, because it is fun to watch. It's a monster movie, obviously. So it fits within the peer view of this podcast and in the likes and in the, and the genre that we love so much. And there's a lot of feeling and a lot of heart behind it. And there's just a lot of to enjoy, like the actors and actresses that participate in this film are great. There are some kind of weird things about it that, you know, like the CGI is a little wonky in places, like you said, and, um, it is in some parts, very cookie cutter. Um, you know, it is very cookie cutter monster, modern monster movie in a lot of ways, but it is such a fun movie and some, and if you haven't watched it yet, please go watch it. it it's, it's fantastic. I think. Yeah. So, uh, 
with that being said, what is your Godzuki score? Now, for anybody, hold on, before we, before we get into it, before uh, before we give our Godzuki scores, for anybody who is new to the podcast, our Godzuki score is how we rate our movies because we like to pay homage to the great Godzuki, Godzilla's bumbling nephew from the 1970s Hanna-Barbera cartoon, and we like to embrace the silly side of giant monster movies. So that's why we use him as our yardstick for these movies. Yep. So out of five, Godzuki! Uh, how many would you give Love and Monsters? Well, I'm going to go ahead and give this one four and a half Godzookies <laughs> out of five. Um, simply just because there are some minor things that, you know, I could probably uh, nitpick over. It's not a perfect movie by no means, but it is a lot of fun and a great way to start season two of the show. And yeah, like, uh, you know, if you haven't could, if you couldn't tell already, yeah, we're really excited about this one. We enjoyed it. It was a highlight of 2020. Um, and if you're in love with this genre, please go watch love and monsters. It, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, my score, my Godzuki score is, uh, is, well, I, I'll give you my final thoughts and I'll give you my Godzuki score. So I wrote down my final thoughts. I tend to write mine down just so I can, uh, read them out and have them all clearly written down for me. Um, so here's my final thoughts. This movie is action packed funny with a level of sincerity I was not expecting. Above everything, the thing that sticks out the most is its optimism, which comes from the main character. Uh, with so many dark and dreary ap apocalyptic movies or post-apocalyptic movies, it's nice to see a movie that teaches you the end of the world doesn't have to break a person's spirit. And that's that's really the takeaway from this movie that I, I, I like, is that the, the end of yeah. the world doesn't have to break your spirit. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And, and, and so, honestly, <laughs> the last year that we've had, right. um, exactly. I think that that is, that is a very, um, that is needed a very lesson. well written, that is a very needed, well-written lesson. So yeah, thanks yeah. for that, man. Um, so my score is, um, I, I, I gave it a four out of five, but any, movie that has a dog gets a plus 0.5 dog bonus so uh it's actually a, a four and a half out of five <laughs> just wait till we review clifford <sighs> plus 0.5 dog bonus <laughs> um but no no so yeah that that's great for for uh a, a, for a movie about the end of the world it really shows that the end of the world doesn't have to be dreary and sad and you can maintain your sense of hope and, and optimism. I think that's something that, that we could all use right now coming out of 2020 going into 2021 doesn't look like 2021 is getting much better than 2020 was. Um, so yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's our review of love and monsters. Let's get quickly into our mailbag because we do have a mailbag. Uh, Oh, okay. A letter to I, answer. You didn't tell me we had mailbag questions. It's in the show notes. Well, I didn't the show read the show notes. <laughs> no, I didn't read the show notes, Travis. You know, I do things on the fly, Travis. Jesus, get with the program. All right. So let's get into the mailbag. <laughs> the mailbag. What's in the mail today? Hmm? 
so uh, in our last episode before we went on break, we did answer an email from Alex uh, Sperling. Uh, who sent in uh, a, a thing and he sent in three questions. We only answered one at the time. So I wanted to answer another one of the questions that he sent in. Um, so th just to recap what his email said, uh, my name is Alex. I've been a big fan of your show since I started listening last year. I love listening to your show while I'm at work as a delivery driver. Very fun during a pandemic. Again, Alex, hope you're staying safe out there uh, and really appreciate the work you guys do. I did have a few questions for your mailbag. So we answered one in our last episode. So if you want to hear what that was, go back and listen to that. Uh, it's our dinosaurus episode. Um, the question that Alex asks us this week is, if you could pitch your very own Godzilla movie to Toho with 100% approval, what oh, would wow. your Godzilla movie be? <laughs> oh boy okay uh i'm gonna let you go first because i'm gonna have to think about this one. um my gut reaction is to say godzilla versus gamera because like if i had 100 approval of something i'm like yes godzilla and gamera put it in there don't argue with me just do it um but if we're just doing godzilla if we can't throw you know another franchise into the mix um i would say a a remake or reboot not not reboot or remake but just a a new version of godzilla versus biolante bring back Biolante in some kind of modern setting and reinvent her in a way that is completely new and original. Mm -hmm. I just would really love to see a new version of Biolante on screen. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I really would love for, I really would love to pull what from some of the lost films that we supposedly that were supposedly in the works but never got made mm -hmm. i really think that godzilla versus hetera 2 oh yeah would, would be right would be so well done especially with modern effects you could do hetera in such a really fantastic way i think yeah and with modern with modern tokusatsu even modern uh cgi effects and things i think you could do hetera so so well um, and over the, and especially over the last year or so Godzilla versus Hedra has slowly become one of my favorites of the Showa era, just because of how weird and quirky and, um, and just how different it feels. Mm -hmm. uh, I know we're going to be covered. We're going to be covering Hedra sometime this year. So I'm looking forward to that. And, um, yeah, I think Godzilla versus Hedra, like full approval, no exceptions, just green light it and go. Godzilla versus Hedra two, uh, one of the lost films. Yeah, what was the other lost film that uh, that Bride of Godzilla, or yeah, uh, Br Bride of Godzilla is one, and then there's one called uh, Godzilla versus the Last Gargantua. Where, that one, yes, that would be a great one. I would love to see that. Yeah, and all of this, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Um, audio listener if you want to go check these out if you want to go kind of check these out what these would be like um the kaiju saurus podcast i hope i'm not butchering that name uh just put out some audio dramas based on some of these lost films uh i know there's one about godzilla versus hedera 2 i'm pretty sure they did one on godzilla versus the uh the last, last gargantua 
yeah, yeah. and bride and of, our, of uh, godzilla yes. was all it's uh called um godzilla unmade is um it's a full yes. audio yes, 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 yes. Uh, drama and danny demana actually um previous guest and uh, uh of our podcast and uh works on the godzilla novelization project did one of the voices in that uh in one of he those did. so yeah he he played uh oh god what was his character name he played a professor yeah he played uh, a scientist a sci- he played a scientist like this classic kind of yeah. dubbed voice Toho scientist for a bride of Godzilla. It was a lot of fun. Danny, if you're listening to this show, I know you do. Uh, we loved your work in that man. So yeah, Danny DeMana, friend of the podcast uh, is featured in one of those episodes. I'm pretty sure it's bride of Godzilla and it, and really all, all three of those audio dramas are fantastic. They're not very long at all. Maybe anywhere between, I think the longest one, maybe 20 minutes. Yeah. But- 20 to 30 minutes is like where they're ab- about where they're at. Yeah, they're they're great, especially Hedera Two and uh, even the Last Gargantua. I, I I think I really enjoyed the Last Gargantua the most out of the three. Yeah, yeah. If I was going to make an unmade one, I think the Last Gargantua would be mine because I would really love to see that one. That one was really one. I I, I completely agree with you on Hedera Two though. It is it would be really awesome to see that. So any of those would be good. But yeah, yeah. So hopefully, Alex, we answered that question. Um, to your satisfaction and uh we're going to answer the last of the three questions that you sent us next week uh in our mailbag section so uh everybody stay tuned for that i know travis we're going to be trying to do things a little bit differently for season two so the plan is to not ask a trivia question for next week um well i have a trivia question written just in case because we didn't we never okay. we never said if 100 sure if we were going to stop doing it or not because uh uh we, listeners we we want to kind of change up the formula a little bit for our podcast for 2021 because it's season two. We're getting into the new year and we want to kind of uh, play around with with some stuff. So if you have any suggestions on what we can uh, replace maybe the trivia question with, what we can change, what we can do differently to kind of shake things up, let us know. Uh, send us over your responses either at kaijuweekly at gmail.com, which is also where you can email us if you want your letter read out on the show, just like Alex's was, or you can send us a tweet at, uh, at Kaiju weekly on Twitter. So, uh, do that. I'm sure, I'm sure some more games will be coming up in the next few weeks as well. So I know we, I know you and I both like our games, our pre, especially when news is a little bit slower. We love right. to introduce games and trivia and all kinds of things. So I'm sure a lot of those old things will come back uh, that we had a lot of fun with. We may even take one of the, another one of those personality polls again. Who knows? Oh, we yeah. May find out. We may even find out um, if if Clifford really is my spirit animal. I doubt it. But, <laughs> yes. But we may actually find that out at some point in season two. Yeah. What, what cliff, what character from Clifford, the big red dog are you? That's the, that's the next one we're doing. Um, So uh, yeah. So, so uh, we're still going to ask the trivia question. So if you would still like to participate in the trivia, uh, make sure to send an answer uh, through our Twitter, through Facebook, through email, however you want. uh, And we will read out your answers. Even if you're, uh, even if you give us the wrong answer, we'll still give you a shout out on next week's episode. The trivia question is what 2005 film served as a reboot to a long running tokusatsu series featuring a grasshopper themed superhero. And uh, so before we close out 
and do our last little bit of the episode, we do have a response to give. Uh oh. A very important message to give to the people over at the giant monster BS. Uh, giant my, monster, giant monster. Who? who yeah, are you talking about. Yeah, I know, I know. These little guys that just like they just came up out of nowhere and decided they wanted to declare war on us. Uh, like I'm being, like I'm being deadly serious. Like who is Giant Monster BS? I, I, you're gonna have to refresh my memory on who these guys are because <laughs> I have no clue who Giant Monster BS is. I guess their podcast really isn't even all that important that I can't even remember who they are. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, in a in a episode that came out uh, it's been a few weeks now because we went on our two-week uh, hiatus so we didn't get to respond right away but they called us out and decided to declare war on us and all i have to say is you don't want to mess with us uh giant monster bs <laughs> yes and this will not be a not and this will very much not be a cold war i guarantee you <laughs> Uh, so yeah, so I, and, and they said, they said the only way to end, end this war between our podcasts is to have, a have them on our podcast, but you know what? Mm, I don't know if I want to do that or not. Mm. I don't, I, I don't know if I want to do that either though. You know, mm. with a name like giant monster BS, like, like, what does the BS stand for? I'm assuming it stands for, uh, I'm a saying, I'm assuming it stands for, uh, 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 boat boat shipping i don't know what <laughs> i would have helped you but everything that came to my mind was just as bad as what the actual word it, words are so i'm well like, that's <laughs> see that that's, that's me, that's me. i, I want to i wanted to say something in the, i really wanted to say something but i know we try to keep the show pg or at least pg 13 um and yeah bullet snakes <laughs> Bull scrotum. <laughs> oh man! So yeah, so giant monster, giant monster bull scrotum. There we go. <laughs> so now the ball is in in their court. Uh, <laughs> let's let's see if we can let's see if they have any comebacks to that. Just uh, just just excruciating takedown that we just did of them <laughs> right right like we 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 damaged their ego so much i can hear them i can i can hear Gratton and matt just cowering in the corner at the the magnificence that is kaiju weekly yeah yeah so we want to say to close out this episode thank you to everyone for listening and sharing this podcast with your friends if you want to follow us on twitter we are at kaiju weekly and at kaiju groupie pod all the links to our social media as well as for the kaiju groupie facebook group are listed in the description of this episode you can send questions comments or answers to trivia questions to our email kaiju weekly at gmail.com and we also want to say a big thank you to all of the supporters of kaiju ramen magazine that uh, all the backers who supported us on kickstarter it is because of you guys that we were able to make my crazy idea, our crazy idea, me and Michael's uh, crazy idea for this kaiju fan magazine, uh, a reality. So we really appreciate oh, you guys. And if you want to know more about Kaiju Ramen, check out kaijuramenmagazine.com. And yeah, uh, yeah so uh, 
to whoa 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 hang on you got to let me do my shtick travis okay. come on okay you know okay. you know that i have a small part here at the end where i say if you also want to help out the podcast you can do so by uh leaving us a five-star review on apple podcast again as we always say criticize us all you want to in the comments section but please make it five stars worth and we will read those comments on a future episode and what that's going to do is that's going to help put this show in front of other kaiju and tokusatsu fans just like you and hopefully one day sometime soon maybe travis will see the goo because of it yep i must see the goo and so to close out this episode, I'm going to say help control the giant monster population. Have your kaiju spayed or neutered. Uh, Michael is a number one Clifford fan. Goodbye. Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> Clifford is a kaiju. <laughs> Bye.